Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile. In the next hour, Dr. Pat showcases some of the world's most influential people in the fields of health, wellness, and human potential. Get ready to live life full out. Here's your host, Dr. Pat Basile. Welcome, everyone. I want to welcome you to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive by. So glad to be checking out, uh, checking in, checking out, doing all the checking with you. We have a great show for you today. And before we kind of kick it up here, I want to thank all of you for participating in the survey and also for downloading all the iTunes shows that you've been downloading. Boy, we have been hitting record bandwidth. And I know it's not just iTunes. Sorry, I don't want to leave out the AOL radio folks or any other way that you download the show. Uh, so thank you so much for paying it forward and passing it on. It's part of what we're creating. We've got a really super announcement that we're going to be making next week. It is really a dream come true for me. Um, we're starting a virtual network of all things that are transformative. And so, my gosh, we're very excited about that. We call it the Transformation Network. And so all of you have supported that dream and vision and lots more to come on that. Today's show, I've been so looking forward to chatting with Dr. Kevin Emery because he's got something to say. You know, we've heard so much and have had so many conversations about ADD, ADHD, uh, and what that behavior represents, especially in young children. There's very little out there about what happens to that young child when they grow up. And so today we're going to be looking at the wide range of, of what this means, but more importantly, we're going to be talking about this incredible, groundbreaking, award-winning book, Managing the Gift, Alternative Approaches for Attention Deficit Disorder. And we're going to be introducing a couple of new evolutionary processes and discussing what this really means. Dr. Kevin, for over 30 years, has been an, just an incredible innovator um, in business and private sectors, and he introduced the importance of formalized training for all levels of employees. And, you know, what, what does that mean? Formalized training system in multiple industries, it doesn't mean much to those of you out there that are thinking, wow, Okay, what does that mean to me? How is that going to help me? But when we think about what the role has been of really good quality education, communication, critical thinking, development programs, especially in corporations, we think about the power of of learning and what it is meant for our business, our industry, and for us to compete globally. That's Dr. Kevin. And so now moving into personal growth and human potential and alternative health fields, He's bringing a fresh, new perspective to us. So we get to chat with him about Eastern and Western philosophies, about healing system systems, and how this now plays a significant role in the work that he does. He's joining me here today. We're talking about ADD, ADHD as a gift, or is it really? Dr. Kevin, thank you. Welcome to the show, Managing the Gift. Wow. Well, and, you know... The answer uh, to that question, is it a gift? It's absolutely a gift. And, you know, and I'm not just trying to put some politically correct language on it because I, you know, you and I have had a few discussions, uh, you know, we've crossed paths through the years, and I don't do politically correct. So when I say managing the gift, it isn't because I'm trying to put a nice little sheen on it and send it out into the world to look sparkly. Uh, and when we think about it as a gift, 
You know, would you say that your laptop is a gift? If somebody gave you a, a laptop, do you think it would be a gift? Oh, yeah. Okay. Do you think that if somebody teleported back to 1776, handed Thomas Jefferson a laptop to write the Declaration of Independence on it, that he would have thought it was a gift? Absolutely not. No. No electricity, no idea how to use it. He would have thought it was a paperweight. He would have probably used it for firewood or fire something, you know. Well, when you think about it, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. I mean, how could he possibly have put that in the perspective of where he was and where he lived and what he was doing at that time? And so when we are looking at this thing that we have chosen to call ADD, um, we're looking at an evolutionary process that has been coming in to humanity since the mid-1800s. We are looking at individuals who have always existed through time, but not in an evolutionary way, Dr. Pat. Mm. You look at the Leonardo da Vinci's, the Plato's, the Socrates. You look at the people throughout history that were scattered that seem to pick history up and turn it in some way because they were just so outside the bubble. They were just so beyond and they were able, I, I like to talk about it, you know, some people can look at the Earth and humanity from the moon. These guys looked at it from Mars. Wow. They could see it from a larger view. They could see all sorts of things that we, as the little, as the little beings running around like ants underneath an elephant, couldn't see because we were too into it. And they had the ability to go beyond that and be able to see it from a different view. But it really wasn't until the 1850s when I was putting together my first book, uh, Managing the Gift, uh, my first book on ADD, that is, um, and that I looked and said, these were the architects of the 20th century. If it's you... kind of fascinating, isn't it, though, when you go back and you take that kind of perspective? Yeah, because if you look at... Einstein, Edison, Ford, you look at Alexander Graham Bell. I love Alexander Graham Bell at 16, dropped out of school and was considered the village idiot. If you look and read about the man today, if you wrote it in, in today's language and passed it to somebody who was going to, based on observation, label this person, he would have been labeled ADD. Isn't that interesting to be able to kind of reflect back on that and, you know, to look at uh, people that we're very, very familiar with, but look at them in a different way. I, I mean, you know, back then, if you were somebody like uh, Alexander Graham Bell, of course, we know who that is. I'm actually using one of his devices. Um, we would take a, a very different perspective on the evolution of things. But don't you think we're in such a sped up, we're just like running so fast that we don't really take the time to reflect. We're really much better at labeling. Well, we are much better at labeling. And one of the things that I like to always put out there was if we had the society today, which seems to somehow take umbrage to people going off on their own way, it used to be we'd be like, oh, let them go wander off. Let them go get in a covered wagon. Let them go get in the, the, uh, the Nina, the Pinter, or the Santa Maria. Get them, get them, get them out of here. 
Let, go, go somewhere else. Now we, we feel like we have this need to conform them, to shape them, to make them fit or find a way to disempower them by giving them labels. I mean, I, I've always said, if we'd had Ritalin back in Alexander Graham Bell's day, you and I'd be talking on two tin cans with a piece of string. That's exactly right. That's you know? exactly right. And, you know, and, and, and part of that is really jumping into a quick-fix society. Because that's really, I mean, you know, we're talking about ADD and ADHD, and I think this is, a, a, you know, something that is very near and dear to you. Uh, uh, and there is sort of this evolution that tests the boundaries of, you know, individual personal growth uh, and human evolution and environmental conditions. And I wanted to ask you how each has played a part in serving or not serving uh, folks that are are maybe learning different, maybe different in a lot of ways. Well, one of the things is, first of all, one of the first things I, I teach in my workshops, my in-services for teachers, my individual working with my kids or my adults is, first of all, let's change it that this is not a disability, it's a diffability. Mm-hmm. Learn and process and experience things differently. Mm-hmm. It's been proven in study after study that if you tell somebody something long enough and consistently enough, they will choose to make it so. You know, the old running joke, if the doctor says that you're going to be dead in six months, you'll die in six months because you don't want to disappoint the doctor. Exactly. If you keep telling somebody that they are disabled, they will become disabled to live down to the label. So the first thing is, let's change it from disability to disability. It's just a difference. And the second thing is, I, one of the things uh, I did say in Managing the Gift is, we should have initially called it CIS, not ADD. We did ADD. talk about that. CIS is Cultural Inconvenient Syndrome. Mm. We have, you know, it's so funny because it was in parallel. We came in to the conveyor belt the, the machine age at the end of the 1800s, just as these guys, these, these individuals were coming in. And they're coming in making leaps and bounds in, in every area of humanity, philosophy, religion, art, technology, science, medicine. You know, they leaped through the 20th century, always improving things. At the same time, this whole conveyor belt mentality, I mean, the education system we have was based on the factory system. I, I literally have sat across the table with somebody that has a doctorate in education that was a superintendent of schools when we were discussing a student and said, you have to understand, the educational model was created that as long as more kids stay on the belt and fall off, we're successful. And this is really kind of the dilemma that we're facing, you know, not just philosophically in terms of how how we look at this evolution, but this is there's a real practical conversation around he, around around how we handle, categorize, and treat people that may be different. Um, and you know, I don't know if we're unique in this generation, uh, you know, Dr. Kevin. I don't know if we're unique in this generation, or it's because we're so you know, we're so obviously out there everywhere. You cannot hide from the Internet. You know, if Alexander Graham Bell were here and somebody called him an idiot, it would be all over his Facebook page. Um, and so there's a, there's a complicated question for, 
for you and I to talk about when we come back from break, but I want to just tell everybody, uh, Dr. Kevin Ross Emery joining us here today is amazing. He is uh, somebody that has been the author of many, many books, passionate about alternative East meets West, but more importantly, he is somebody committed to helping all of us understand that different doesn't mean disabled and that truly we have a gift of so many in front of us that we need to start paying attention to. Let's take a short break on the Dr. Pat Show. When we come back, we'll be talking with Dr. Kevin about what the gift is. You know, what is this journey of ADD, ADHD in our society today? And what the heck do we have to do to bring a different conversation to the table? We'll be right back. Do you suffer from insomnia, body aches, fatigue, brain fog, digestive problems, weight gain, or anxiety? You may be dealing with unmanaged stress. The Stress Detective looks for the hidden messages within your stress and partners with you to create a wellness program to dismantle stress from the inside out. Learn to manage your stress, and you can stop illness in its tracks. Call Susan Tyler at 888-629-4949 or visit StressDetective.net. Are you tired or struggling to get to where you want to be in your life? Want some help getting to that next level? Hi, I'm Dr. Melody Ivory, personal growth expert and passionate champion of your complete success. I'm excited to give you powerful books, teas, and coaching to help you easily transform your life from the inside out. Now is the time to make your life sing. Visit MelodyIvory.com for free articles, poetry, and affirmations. That's MelodyIvory.com. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5788. Now back to the program. Here's Dr. Pat Basile. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. I've got Dr. Emery joining me here today. Boy, we have got so much to talk about. You know, he is somebody, spiritual coach, counselor, teacher, business consultant, hands-on healer. He is the founder of Synergy Business Consulting and... Beyond all of this, he is someone that is out there to make sure that we're bridging the gap, the gap between what is and the gap between what we think it is. Joining me here today, we're talking about uh, his latest book, Managing the Gift, Alternative Approaches for Attention Deficit Disorder, and we're talking about that in a couple of different ways. And uh, thank, thank you so much, Dr. Emery, for joining me today. Uh, I know this is a big conversation. I know there's so many things we can talk about, um, but I do want to make the relationship between cause and effect. And what I mean by that is, you know, there there is a cause that we point to that can have an effect on an individual's life. And for the most part, uh, I would say, I don't like to generalize, but the journey of the folks that have been put in this ADD, ADH box um, has been a journey of struggle. And I think and I gather from what I've read in the book and what your work is about, you really want to change that journey. Well, absolutely. First of all, you know, it's, it starts as the ultimate example to me of peer pressure. Mm. And the peer pressure is actually uh, not 
so much the, the peer pressure of the individual ADD, ADHD child that's running around initially thinking that they're great, they're wonderful, and they have this fabulous world inside their head, and they're making the most of this fabulous world that's around them. Because, you know, one of the myths that gets put out there is that these kids don't like to learn, and that that is such a myth because they love to learn. In fact, they love to learn, they love to create, they love to recreate, they love to teach. What they don't love is being bored, being disengaged, not being challenged, and being educated in a monologue-type system. And so the peer pressure starts with the parents. And today, one of the reasons why these kids started breaking out and getting labeled and then getting medicated and, you know, kind of getting herded, so to speak, uh, you know, into this and these struggles really got worse was because how often do we see parents put their value into how well their child does? Well, and this is really the pressure that, uh, you know, I don't know for sure, but I know we're comparing generations. I think the bar has gotten seriously raised on this, this comparison there that has to do with peer pressure, with culture assessment, and, uh, and, and what I call culture rating. It's, if my grass is green, mm, then your grass is probably going to be greener because we're living in that neighborhood. When it comes to children, there's so much pressure, wouldn't you agree, that they perform and perform well in our standards? You, know, you know, these I don't know these standards we've come up with. You know what I'm saying? Well, what we've done is, first of all, I want you to understand, uh, you know, from my view of the world, is that we are dealing in a time period in our cultural evolution where um, even though I, I, I'm starting to see some light, Dr. Pat, we have an obsession with sheeple. Mm. We have an obsession um, that was the 50s, you know, the 60s tried to break out, but what they did is they created their own version of, of like, how to be, we now have Generation X, we have a Generation Y, we have Generation Y not. Oh, that's right, that was my generation. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, um, and, again, part of it is because the world has become so small, because media is trying to support 24 hours a day to keep you interested, so they have to, like, fabricate, they have to exaggerate, they've lost, they've got so far from the truth that I don't even think the letter T is in it most of the time when they're telling it, um, as they're doing out there. And all of this culturally supports the other side of the coin of what's coming up is we're now into second and third generation two parents working. Exactly. And we still hear, and it will drive me right up the wall, as, as, as I, I don't know if you're aware of or not, I have my own radio show. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, so I, we, we, the running joke on mine is, oh, here comes the soapbox, here the creek. <laughs> there goes Dr. Kevin. Um, <laughs> drives me right up the wall when I hear somebody talk about how parenting is not a real job how being a mother is not a real job. And we have created this artificial 
out there that says staying home and creating children and bringing them up to be responsible, aware, fully who they are, unique individual beings, is no longer a priority on our cultural system. In fact, if anything, it's looked at as a handicap. And now it's complicated, I think, even more because what we're seeing, and and I'd love for you to talk about this, because what we're seeing in the system of education, I'm going to call it that here in this country, is sort of a direction that says you need to focus on how to get these these GRE scores, these SAT scores, whatever these scores are, so that you're blowing them out of the gate and you're finishing in the top two percentile. So don't worry about music or art or let's not do anything too creative. Now, I mean, may, that may or may not make any sense to people listening to the show, but I know that many people have said to me, uh, had the concept ADD, ADHD been around, do you think that's how you might have been classified? Um, I basically said, I think that if I was a handful for my parents and both of them are working and there was a way to calm me down, perhaps maybe that would have been the fit for me. Now, I made a statement that's kind of bold and a little controversial, uh, Dr. Kevin, and I'd love for you to comment on that. What, do I think you're ADD? <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, you want, uh, look at if you're going to give me some free advice, I would love to. <laughs> you, and you know, both, and I right? think that this would be because first of all, I want you to know there is a ton of mislabeling out there. Yeah, there's a ton of mislabeling, and sometimes uh, you know it's poor diet, it's poor environment, it's poor parenting, it's the learning styles of the individual child. There are all sorts of things that can show up where when we look for quick fixes, you know, we have created a fast food mentality. The ideal parent today that's trying to manage a career and a job, a career, a family, uh, you know, have any kind of life, and then they have to look good, and their grass always has to be a little greener, and their septic system needs to not stink on top of everything else. Wow, yeah, that's miraculous. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> live the fast food life. So if they can get up in the morning, drop the kids off at school, go through the drive-thru, get no nutritional food, go through the pharmacy, get pills that manage the day, go through the dry cleaning, and pick up whatever their facade for the day is and get through every day, people are in survival mode. What is so sad is this country, even with this financial issue we have going on, has never been so wealthy and have so much ability to do introspection, self-development, to get off the wheel, to look at things, to grow and, and develop, and yet depression is at an all-time high. Uh, you know, the, the billions of dollars spent on mental, emotional health issues through drugs, okay, has never been at an all-time high. We're a miserable nation who doesn't like itself that gets up every morning and paints the clown face on their face and keeps going and does this fast food reality. Now you have these kids in, and they're coming in, Dr. Pat, and first of all, they're very perceptive. They see truths. They recognize, you know, they challenge. They're naturally rebellious. And the only way that what we've created, the illusions of what we've created, which are falling down all around us, 
banking, Wall Street, government, you know, the the stuff that came out not too long ago, I don't know, six, nine months ago, I guess, about the, you know, the little hand slaps that pharmaceutical companies get when they miss when they misreport the fact that, oh, yeah, well, so many people died while they were doing the dry, drug trials, but, you know, it really wasn't important, so we didn't bother to mention that to the FDA before it got approved. <laughs> oh, a million-dollar fine. Let me see. I made two point. Three billion on it before I got yanked. I paid a million dollar fine. No big deal. Few people dead. I don't care. That didn't work for me. Yeah. And by the way, let's continue to cut the pension in the company because you know, for every million that I get fined, we're going to be able to save ten, twenty million. Yeah. And while we're at it, why yeah. don't we just minimize our medical benefits? But there's a part of this that's really interesting to what you said. I I really love this, and I want to talk about it when we come back from break. And it's here we have this, and this is multi-generational at this time. This is not, you know, we, we're we talking about the, the classification of this that happened, you know, back in time where we now have people in the 2030s and 40s that were, you know, in the Ridland age, as someone mentioned to me the other day. But the point is this, you know, if these are the folks that are coming up that are going to challenge, that are going to really be at the face of making us question things, and we're doing all we can do to silence them, then we're really creating a very passive society in a lot of ways, don't you think? Back to sheeple. <laughs> this supports the creation of sheeple and the need to find people that will not rebel, will not question, will mindlessly follow. And we have, to me, the ADD incoming individual was the savior to humanity to keep the you know to keep from going from the frying pan to the fire well and then when we look at that you know we have to really take a step back uh, and say okay as we started the show managing the gift and really talk about what this gift is and why there is a need to manage it I mean, we hear stories, and I know you've talked about this, uh, Dr. Kevin, of you know some of the some of the most visible people we have in our pop culture today, you know, clearly having you know being learning different in one way or the other, and yet we don't really look at the gift they bring forward. What we do is we don't talk about what it is the label, what the label was that they, like millions of other, have gotten. Uh, when we come back, uh, Dr. Kevin, what I'd love to talk about is, you know, what some of the side effects are from this categorization and what you have discovered in helping countless people not only just manage this but thrive and tap into the gift and the brilliance that they truly are. Wow. We've got a great show going on here today. Dr. Kevin Ross Emery joining us here. The book is Managing the Gift. Alternative Approaches for Attention uh, Deficit Disorder. When we come back, we'll be talking about how to move beyond the shame, anxiety, isolation, and fear, and what Dr. Kevin has discovered. What has he discovered to help you, me, families, and children really excel and be the best that they could be, share their gift with the world? We'll be right back. Would you like increased health and vitality? Would you like relief from acute or chronic health issues? How would you like to avoid the onset of disease as well as slow the aging process? 
Would you like relief from allergy, weight, and digestive issues? This is all possible through a simple, safe, and natural technique. Whether you seek relief from health issues or desire to live at your optimum health and vitality, contact reflex analysis is a profound method which detects imbalances at a subclinical level, restoring health issues before they arise while increasing vitality and longevity. Discover CRA. Hi, I'm Mary Jane Mack. Every day we're moving toward wellness or away from wellness. I'd like to be your partner in achieving your optimal health and well-being. Contact me now at MaryJaneMack.com or call 425-392-0659. Visit MaryJaneMack.com. Reach your full potential and increase energy with the superfood of the Inca, Maca Magic. Maca naturally balances hormones, relieves symptoms of PMS, menopause, and erectile dysfunction. Maca increases energy, stamina, and endurance without caffeine. Visit MacaRoot.com. That's M-A-C-A Root.com. Call 541-846-6222. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. Products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Living your life to the max means that you can have everything you want. Empowerment Psychic Linda Dickinson can show you where you're headed and teach you how to change your future. Linda will share with you the messages of those who have passed before you. For a private session, visit InMyFuture.com or call 800-206-9096. Listen to Linda Dickinson on The Dr. Pat Show. Call in and hear how you can be the producer, director, and lead in your life. Today is the day to start living your life to the max. Welcome back to The Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5788. Now back to the program. Here's Dr. Pat Basile. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. Joining me here today is Dr. Kevin Ross Emery. And a couple of websites we want to make sure we send people to, Dr. Kevin. They could all, they could go to kevinrossemery.com. Um, and that will take them to a, a number of other places. Is there another website you'd like to direct folks to? Um, yeah, actually, we just are releasing a hub site because I'm in so many places. <laughs> and it's just mydrkevin.com. Nice. We, yep, yep, mydrkevin.com. It will be able to take you to go listen to my radio shows, see my videos and stuff like that, uh, an inner circle site, as well as a couple of exciting and new things I have coming up. I am working on the sequel, Managing the Gift of Your ADD, ADHD Child. Um, and also have in the works managing the gift of your ADD, ADHD entrepreneur, and then your spouse. So there are three follow-up books to this one that continue the work I've been doing for the last 12 years in this field and working with these individuals. Um, And I'm working on another book called Good Settles, Greatness Soars, and it's about the journey to greatness. Mm, I love it. Yep. Uh, we've, we've got a couple of uh, instant messages coming in here, and I need to just get them on the air to you, Dr. Kevin. Absolutely. Uh, got a question coming in here uh, from Linda from New Jersey. Um, said, isn't it true that everyone, that everyone is a little ADD and ADHD in their own way? Some just learned how to manage it better than others. The parents don't know how they learn to manage their own, so they can't show so they can show up, so they can help uh, help their children. Oh, the parents don't know how they learned how to manage their own. 
uh, issues. So therefore, they can't help uh, their own children. They probably didn't know they were ADD. <laughs> That's kind of interesting, isn't it? I hadn't really thought about it like that. Um, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Exactly. <laughs> and I have actually worked with families that have identified that they're in their third generation of ADD. And the interesting thing is, and this is not um, an unusual story, which is grandpa back in the 20s or 30s or whatever became a self-made millionaire and then put the the next generation into the best schools or the best whatever which was a complete miserable failure and they had to and, these, and this generation had to find its own way now they have ADD kids which they didn't have until their 30s and they have no idea what to, what to do with these kids because if they haven't come to terms with their own ADD, the kids mirror to them their unresolved issues. And we know, we all know when that happens that uh, we tend to get irritated. Exactly. Uh, and, you know, when we get irritated, then we start to act in strange ways. So let's talk about sort of the, the complexity of this from a behavioral point of view. I, I mean, first of all, you have the label. And uh, and the question I have to ask you is, is the label really a, a what I call it for the parents and for others? It is, is it a get-out-of-jail-free card? You know what it, I'm trying to say? It can like, be. And, yeah. you know, and in my, in my various and a sundry past, at least the one I can mention on the air, um, we, I have done work with uh, individuals with disabilities, with with emotional handicaps, with physical handicaps, I back in the 80s uh, came in and worked with the program of helping people get free from the social the the social net, the social services net, so they could go out and function in the world and actually have lives. And I was very integral in that program for a while, and so I have some experience in that area in my journey. And one of the things is when I go in and I talk to teachers or I talk to parents or I'm doing this sort of thing is I start to say, let's talk about where they're using it as, as you call the get-out-of-jail-free card. Where are they using it as an excuse? What can they help and what can't they help? Because the thing is, children are born manipulators, Dr. Pat. And you've got to remember, now, manipulation is not always a bad thing. There's good manipulation and there's bad manipulation. Yeah, especially if you're a young child and you're trying to get attention to get something that you desperately need. Yeah, and here you are. You're this little person with all these big people around you, and you got to figure out, and if you figure out it somewhere along the way that when you crawl into mommy or daddy's lap and look at them and go, I love you, mommy, and sometimes you mean it, but sometimes when they say, when you say, I love you, mommy, you get an extra cookie or you get to stay up an extra half an hour later, that goes in the back of your head and you go, ooh, store that piece of information. That's right. Mm -hmm. And... So the thing is, the brighter the child, the more manipulative they are. Well, ADD, ADH children are brilliant. So guess how manipulative they can be? They're very creative. Hugely manipulative, depending on how they build a relationship and how damaged they become, how early. It's very rare that I deal with, and I'm starting to see some more of them, which makes me happy because I think we're, we're actually we're having some, some people actually coming back and stepping up to the plate in their parenting roles. But it's very rare still that I meet uh, an ADD adult or child who does not have self-esteem or self-worth issues. Mm-hmm. 
And, and that's really the tough nut right there. Yep. And 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 doing all of that. Now I want to go back to your instant message from from um, Linda Linda in New Jersey because she brought another interesting point out, which is we have an evolutionary process. And you know what? I always say whenever I do these these interviews is if I if I I will consider this interview successful if I can get your listeners to start to think of ADD as an evolutionary process, therefore natural and not a disability that we need to label and medicate. If that's the one thing I do, this will be a successful interview. If I can challenge that belief system and have them start to even look and see it differently, they will create, they will read information about ADD differently, they will see people with ADD differently, and they will interact with people with ADD differently, and that is the most powerful first step I can give anyone. Now, as far as the whole idea of it as an evolutionary process, evolution is either an adjustment to the environment or it's an adjustment of the environment. And sooner or later, both happen. We're all interactive. So as the early ADD, all the early innovators in the, in the 20th century brought all of this stuff, our brains were required to start to work in a different way. We had to learn to do a different level of multitasking. We had to highlight different parts of our brain and have different relationships with them. We had to learn different skills. You know, it's really interesting. I read an article because I'm always, I'm always, you know, picking up stuff from my own show. And it said that they have now proved that you can learn as effectively in your 40s and 50s in some cases, more effectively than you did in your 20s, that, that they're replacing that myth. It used to not be that way because there was less stuff that somebody in their 40s and 50s had to learn that was so completely new. The world wasn't moving as fast as it's moving. So, Linda, I wouldn't call it ADD, ADHD per se, but we all are being asked to stretch beyond our comfort zones if we don't have ADD, ADHD, and this has its own detrimental effects because there are some people that are just naturally the polar opposite of everything ADD is, and there's nothing wrong with them, and it's not like they're going to die out or become extinct, but they're going to become a lesser percentage of society, and they're going to have their things that they do very well and their gifts, and they need to be honored for them. But as that larger group is losing hold and control of the direction of the human evolution of society, of institutions, as we have these groundbreaking things now, you know, in the last five or ten years, like, oh, bring your bicycle to work, work at home, dress however you want, let's, you know, let's sit around with pizza Indian style on the table and discuss problems. Or if you live in, Seattle, in the greater Seattle area, you know, let's make sure that we at least have four or five uh, meetings of coffee, and then we'll get down to business. It's really, it's really changed quite a bit in terms of how things are done in different places, at least in this country. Yeah, up up where you live in ADD heaven. <laughs> I'll take that as a we'll take that as a compliment because after all, your book is called Managing the Gift, and that's what I want to talk about when we come back. <laughs> um, you know, it's interesting that you say that. You know, people look at the Pacific Northwest and they they absolutely put a, put this this area into a number of different categories, right? 
if it's not the ADD, ADH category, then it's usually, as you know, a very dear friend of mine would say, you move to that place where all the serial killers live. <laughs> I said, where do you make, get this stuff from? Well, um, you know, there's a very fine, there's a very fine, there's a, and there is a very fine line. You know, think about the line between Dr. Moriarty and Sherlock Holmes. Oh, interesting. Of course. Equally brilliant with a different focus and a different experience. One of the things that I don't know if this is still true um, because it wasn't uh, pertinent for my uh, assistant to do research for this new book, but uh, I know that once upon a time I came across the fact a couple of years ago that one of the, you know, when they like categorize different, you know, like different conditions or different, uh, I'm losing the word, but uh, groupings. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, that an increasing number, and at one point it was like considered the largest number of young, more men than women that were ending up in jail, were classified as ADD. Mm. And many of them had drug issues. Mm hmm. Which always wow. made sense to me, because if you start giving a kid a pill to modify their behavior at five, six, seven, eight, when they go through their teenage rebellious, they're going to crush that pill and sell it and buy themselves a different one, because that's how you rebel. Now, so we look at that. On the other hand, the fastest, one, one of the, one of the uh, demographics, that's the word, demographics that they look at is self-made millionaires. No, exactly. Let's hold ADD. that thought for when we come back because I want to talk about the gift because I think that ties right in to what we're talking about. You know, there is a gift here, and it's so important to talk about that in the way that you've done it so brilliantly. Dr. Kevin Ross Emery joining me here today. The book is Managing the Gift. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the gift, what it is, how to recognize it, and how to honor it. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Athletes, diabetics, moms, let me tell you about a new high-tech energy gel called Chocolate Number no. 9. Chocolate Number no. 9 is made with only organic agave and the finest dark roast Belgian cocos. Number 9 contains no refined sugar. Number 9 is a certified low glycemic index item, and best of all, Chocolate Number no. 9 simply tastes great. Find out more at chocolatenumber9.com or call 866-999-1909. That's 866-999-1909. Are you tired of being overweight and nothing you try can get you to lose the weight and keep it off? What if there was a way to lose the weight that didn't involve dieting, buying other people's food, counting points, or having risky surgery? I'm Cheryl Manchester from Positive Changes Hypnosis to share some successes from people just like you. Janine Crosby lost 89 pounds in 10 months. Brenda Eckel lost 75 pounds and went from a size 22 to a size 8. She is completely free from her insulin for diabetes. Becky Miller lost 65 pounds and went from a size 18 to a 6. Bill Birdsong lost 105 pounds and a total of 14 inches off his waist. His pant size went from a 50 to a 36. Make a lasting change in your life. Call Positive Changes in Bellevue at 888 888- 311-7157 to schedule a free consultation. That number again is 888-311-7157. 
You heard about it last year. You even thought about entering, but didn't. Now, life is giving you a second chance, announcing your second chance to change from the inside out with Dr. Pat's 2010 Holistic Makeover. So get on board. Winners will embark on a journey to make powerful change with the help and support of an entire team of coaches. Want to be a winner? Fill out the survey and tell your inspired story and how you plan to pay it forward. Go to drpatsmakeover.com. That's drpatsmakeover.com. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basili. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5788. Now back to the program. Here's Dr. Pat Basili. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. Dr. Kevin Ross Emery is joining me here today on the show, and I want to make sure you have plenty of information. If you've missed any part of this, why don't you make sure that you write this down, drpatlive.com. That's drpatlive.com. That'll take you to the website, lots of archives there. You'll be able to download it. For those of you that subscribe to iTunes, it'll automatically come to your device and how many other devices people are using these days. Uh, for Dr. Kevin, Dr. Kevin, you want to give them the, the, you know, the best website. Is it mydrkevin.com? That's right, because I am everybody's my Dr. Kevin. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, I'm everybody's woman. So they, no, so let's not even go there. You can um, be everybody's woman. I can't <laughs> compete in that field, Dr. Pat. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You know, this has been a wonderful time. It's so great to have you on the show. And I know there are some things we're making light of, but this has really been quite a journey and a struggle for so many people. And I want to get to the to the part of the conversation where we really do talk about the gift. Okay. You know, there are so many times we talk about, you know, folks being different in a negative way. Let's talk about what the gift is from your perspective. Okay. Well, when when people, you know, people will call in or will ask me, you know, how do I know if I actually have it? How do I know if it's a, uh, a, a legitimate diagnosis or it's a legitimate diagnosis for my child? Um, and so I go over what I call, because, you know, ADD, ADHD, no matter what, what mind game science tries to play that it's going to find some magic, all I can think of is, remember the old uh, operation game where they had the little red nose and if you touched the side of it when you were taking the bone out? You, you remember that? Uh, you know, I, I was playing stickball. You were playing stickball. Okay, so you never played the board games. You never no, played. I was in New York. I was in the Bronx. Oh, well, you, I, I can't even imagine what kind of stick you had to use. I, I had a place for my ADD. <laughs> so anyway, so, uh, but, uh, <laughs> so, um, anyways, uh, one of the things is, and these are the criteria that I'm going to give out to your listeners and to you to see if these fit. First of all, we're talking about somebody who is very, very brilliant. Now, that may be a very specific brilliant, almost to that scale of idiot savant brilliant, mm-hmm. okay? Or it can be a generalized, in, in the childhood brilliance, of they're constantly looking for that new thing to learn, you know? And what they're doing is they're actually looking for their passion. They're looking for what they're here, what's going to ignite their flame in this lifetime. Yeah, keep them... Keep them. I love that because, you know, keep them really charged and passionate about something. And so I want to ask you, does creativity fit in there? Because then, some people listening to us may think, okay, genius, that's math. And I really want to, uh, 
I, I really want to clarify that. Okay, so you're reading my head because the next one I go to is creativity. <laughs> you're reading. Get out of my head, Dr. Pat. No. <laughs> um, the next one is creativity. They're very creative. And, you know, the interesting thing is because I for years have been giving a kind of a different twist on creativity long before the ADD work. Actually, I came up with this different twist because of me, because I'm so highly creative. And when I used to say to people, you know, something about, oh, you know, being, being a creative person, they'd say, well, what do you do? Do you paint? Do you, you know, do you uh, sculpt? Do you, you know, write? What do you? And I'm like, no, I'm just a very creative person. Everything I touch, I have to put my view or my fingerprints on, and I'm always creating and recreating everything. I can never let anything stay as I find it. And that's really the sign of a creative person. And that might play out in writing songs, but what they're doing is they're finding sounds, and they can't leave them as they are. They have to reorder them. That can be a sculptor who finds a piece of stone and has to keep chipping away until they find the, the thing that lives inside that piece of stone, or the painter with a blank canvas. It's that inability to allow things to stay how you find them, and that's create and recreate, create and recreate. And so there's a high level of creation and recreation with that, a, the person with ADD. If you're somebody that loves to learn. Now, now, take education out of this. Take public education out of that. The public education system we have today is a failure. So we're not talking about that, but they love to learn. And you can tell they love to learn because they ask questions. Because, and it's not the answers they give. It's the questions they ask that tell you how smart they are, how many things they've leaped ahead. So when we're looking at the criteria for ADD, we're looking at a child or an adult that asks really amazing questions questions, questions that you can't even figure out where the questions came from, because they will leapfrog three or four or five thought processes ahead, Exactly. then get somewhere that they don't know what the answer is, and that's right. that they go to Mars and turn around and say, well, what about this? Right, and we're sitting here waiting for the logical, practical conversation. You know, we're sitting here more, you know, thinking about, wait a minute, you know, what is she talking about? She didn't clean her room. You know, she's on like another planet. Yeah. I actually had that in one of my performance reviews in a corporate 100 company. <laughs> that you were I can't believe I'm even admitting this on air. Yeah. The Dr. Outstanding Patland. performance review. Brilliant. And then in the comments, we think she lives on another planet. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And see, and so you have that creativity. And when they learn something, and this is a sign again of somebody okay. who's ADD, mm -hmm. um, is either they become fascinated by something in within days or weeks, they go from that took my attention because the idea that they cannot focus is a complete myth. Yeah. They either hyper-focus or multitask. Multitask means you're boring them or that they're bored or they're not fully engaged so they're doing three or four things because they're trying to keep things going. If they hyper-focus, then they will, go, they will become what I call instant expert. They will have a Ph.D. level within a few months of whatever subject fascinated them. They'll get to the point where they feel satisfied, and this is why they don't complete things, though. They're satisfied. They have no need to complete it. They got where they needed to get. They got what they wanted to get out of it. You and know. I really love talking about this this way because it really does give us a different platform. And, you know, I think many of the people listening to the show know 
where, whether or not they've worked for, I work for a boss like that. And he was brilliant. And the good news was he was high enough in the organization and, um, uh, that he could delegate the, the practical part of this to a lot of us. Um, but there's a misconception, and I know we're running out of time here. The misconception is with ADD, ADHD folks, or whatever we want to call them, let's call them gifted people, that they focus on whatever they want to and they don't care about the rest. Well, willing, maybe. unwilling disobedience, that's what I call it. What do you call it? Willing, unwilling disobedience. Oh, very nice. It's good. It's yeah. good. I'd rather, I'd rather work on my photographs than actually uh, hang up my clothes. Uh, but honestly speaking, who wouldn't in a lot of ways? <laughs> no, some people actually. Yes, I know. I they know. actually get happy by hanging up their clothes. Exactly, and doing laundry. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this has been great. Dr. Kevin, let's give out your website again. It's been wonderful. I'd love to get you back uh, for one of my uh, Seattle shows. That would be fabulous. Absolutely. I'm there. All right, your website, uh, MyDrKevin.com. MyDrKevin.com. Yep, Managing the Gift. And what do you want to tell folks about how they can listen to you on air? Uh, Right now, the best place is if you go to MyDrKevin.com, it will link you over to whatever current shows I have on. Excellent. a place where you can go there and listen because I'm just on all sorts of different places, so we keep one archive-like place where you can go catch me. All right. Thank you so much for joining us here on the show today, everybody. Dr. Kevin Ross Emery, the book is called Managing the Gift, Alternative Approaches for Attention Deficit Disorder. There's a lot. Go to MyDrKevin.com. Lots of information, lots of ways to be inspired, but even more importantly, lots of ways to transform your life. Dr. Kevin, thank you so much. It's been great. It's been fabulous. I've looked forward to it for a while now. All right, everybody. Remember, you too have the gift. And I hope for all of you on this day, you take a moment to appreciate the gift that you are. See you next time on the Dr. Time Show. For listening to the Dr. Pat Show, radio to thrive by. To contact Dr. Pat, visit thedrpatshow.com. Tune in next Thursday for another dynamic hour of the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basili.